The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning and afternoon. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today, we are talking about blue zones, and the secret to longevity. If you don't know about what blue zones is, um, I mean, that's what we're going to talk about today. I guess I'll give you a little tease. Um, They're just regions in the world where people have uh, longer lifespans than average, but without the disease process, right? Like you can say, um, so there's a difference between average age, right? Like lifespan, and health span, right? Like healthy longevity is what kind of we would reference it. So years of potential life loss and healthy longevity are two things that I would often talk about, right? So say you're supposed to live till 70, but you pass away or someone you love should have lived to 70, but they pass away at 65. That's five years of potential life lost. Healthy longevity is that you live to 65, but Maybe you um, got a diagnosis of some sort where you didn't have a quality of life. You couldn't remember your name. You couldn't feed yourself. You were in a care facility. You know, that's possibly five years of, of healthy longevity. So really that's 10 full years in terms of not just lifespan. You live to be 65, but you really, you know, at 55 lost that span of health. And so these blue zones are areas that um, have not only the average lifespan, but uh, it's when conditions in terms of their health are still ideal. So we're going to dive down deep into some of these blue zones, just to be able to talk about when we talk about longevity, there's some principles for longevity that they have people that live to be 100 at rates 10 times greater than the United States in these blue zones. So, you know, people are like, if you don't know, act as if, you know, like the things that we can learn today, we can utilize throughout our everyday life and maybe not all of them but an aspect that allows us to a little bit more forefront have that healthy longevity so just kind of what we do at greenwood family chiropractic if you don't know anything about more specifically what we do it is whole body wellness i always get excited when someone comes in and they're like oh i talked to someone just this last week honestly and she came in and she was like, yes, I've been under chiropractic care, but I'm, I'm looking for something that's more congruent with my healthy lifestyle. 
And I was like, well, what do you mean? And, you know, she was like, just the snacks. They had snacks out there and they had, you know, coffee or drinks or whatever. And she's like, I could just tell that from a health aspect, I didn't mind the adjustment, but they weren't actively trying to get me well. And I was like, huh, that's like a very interesting standpoint because that is, you'll notice in our office that our inevitable goal is for you to have actionable steps and knowledge throughout your entire visit so that, you know, maybe if you take one out of the 10 things you see, like that's 1% better. But 1% better and you just increase that exponentially over weeks, months, years, like that's, health is not a goal. You don't say, hi, I had uh, my checkup and it says my blood pressure, my cholesterol are fine. I am back to eating um, ice cream and fried pickles every day. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to just stop doing the things that got you well. And so just kind of that aspect of when we talk about health and wellness, it's, it is a journey. It's not a destination. You don't say, hey, I'm going to, I want to lose 50 pounds. And then you reach 50 pounds and you go back to, um, doing the bad things right like this is health is a journey and we have the opportunity to be on that health journey with you so before we dive down deep into longevity and blue zones let's talk about some news dr leanne's health news some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain health news now one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications maybe today the average american consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar protesters a day. protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot not by the government Today's health in the news. Tax on sugary drinks cut consumer sales by 33%, study says. So raising the price of sugar-sweetened sodas, coffees, teas, and energy, sports drinks, and fruit drinks by an average of 31% reduced consumer purchases of those drinks by a third, according to a new analysis of, restricted, uh, of restrictions implemented in five U.S. cities. This is coming from, these people always have the longest names. You guys know this. Whenever I read these studies, I'm like, oh my gosh. So there was a study. It was done by Scott Kaplan, who is an assistant professor of economics at the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. <laughs> he said, um, what we measured is how consumers change their consumption in response to price changes. For every 1% increase in price, we found a 1% de decrease in purchases of those products. The decrease in consumer purchases occurred almost immediately after the taxes were put in place and stayed that way for another three years of the study. Another one, oh man. Uh, so there's William Dermody, who's vice president of media and public affairs for the American Beverage Association, a representative for the sugar sweetened and diet, diet beverage industry, told CNN via email that taxes are, quote, unproductive and hurt consumers, small businesses, and their employees. The beverage industry strategy of offering consumers more choices with less sugar, smaller portion sizes, and clear calorie information is working. He said, today, nearly 60% of all beverages have zero sugars, and the calories that people get from beverages have increased to its low le lowest level in decades. See, the problem with this is one, he's getting paid a lot of money for what he's doing, and he is literally the media representative for sugary drinks. So do you think he's going to say, yes, I support this tax? I don't wonder, though, like, what are they doing with this extra money, right? Like, what are they doing with this extra money? 
Like, are they actively working on instilling healthier products or um, the study is, and it goes down later, but I, I was really interested and I scrolled ahead. Um, the cities, the five cities that they looked into, a per ounce tax plan is Boulder, Colorado, Oakland, California, Philadelphia, Seattle, and San Francisco. So those are the five cities, which are a bit more health-conscious cities to begin with. Um, now they talk about the health impact. Like why, do, why does anyone care whether or not you drink sugary drinks? Well, if you're my kid, it's because I don't want you to have a disease process. If you're not my kid, it's because I still don't want you to have a disease process. That's literally what it does. Uh, sugar-sweetened beverages. And you might think, well, I'm just going to go and get the sugar-free one. But the problem is, is there are all artificial sweeteners typically, which are neurotoxic. So um, they have little or no nutritional value and they contribute to chronic diseases, including, not limited to, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, obesity, stroke. And this is all backed by clinical research. Once, uh, even one serving daily of a sugary soft drink was associated with a higher risk of cardiovascular disease. It's a study published in 2020. Uh, no or low cal calorie diet drinks have also been linked to chronic disease. While both sugary and artificial sweetened beverages has been shown to increase the risk of dying early from all causes. So um, there was a study that was published in 2019 found that 15 to 20 percent reduction in consumption of sugary beverages, if expanded nationally, would reduce the healthcare cost over the average American lifespan by about $270 per person, which is $45 billion in total, 45 billion. So inevitably, it's likely that a 33% reduction in consumer purchases would have a similar impact on healthcare costs, right? Um, the main contribution of the study is that the improved estimate um, of price effects if this study had existed when they did their research, I would have cited it, but it seems the best estimate of price we have have seen. So they talk more about how nine U.S. jurisdictions in more than 50 countries have implemented some form of consumer tax on sugar-sweetened beverages. Uh, some U.S. cities have enacted a sales tax on sugary beverages at checkout, typically at about 1% to 2% more. Um, I can't remember. So maybe you spend a dollar on a 12 ounce can of soda, if that's two cents per ounce, that's an additional 24 cents per dollar. Who's spending $1 on a 12 ounce can of soda? This was literally wrote this year. Who's spending $1 on a 12 ounce? When is a 12 ounce can of soda $1? I guess maybe if you buy it in like a pack, like a case, if you buy it up front, it's not a dollar. That's wild. Anyways, Washington, D.C. put an 8% sales tax on sugary beverages, 2% above the standard 6% sales tax. Now, that same can of $1 uh, costs two cents more instead of 24. So, um, needless to say, they said some of the problems that they have are that cities are implementing that they're banning this. So if states are going to preempt these taxes from going into place at a city level, then we may consider ways for these taxes to be implemented at a larger geographic level, potentially even at a federal level. Here's what I think overall. I think in the short term, it might um, 
it might stop them from drinking an extra Coke, but an extra tax that you have on someone is not going to make habit changes. If people are eating ice cream and soda and pizza and like not real food, right? It might lessen their amount of soda, but it's not going to make it so they say, oh my gosh, soda is more expensive. I'm going to stop eating takeout or greasy food or fast food or, you know, goodness, I don't want to spend an extra 24 cents on this $1 can of soda. Let me buy extra vegetables, right? Like you're not making sustainable habitual changes. Like, so that's one where I, I can see that you tax it. My first question is, where does this tax money go? Is it something that's proactively working on public education on disease prevention and healthcare and how to eat better and exercise and utilize that? Or is it just government money that goes in? Secondarily, um, you look at like you are not making lifestyle changes by taxing people more. It's like cigarettes, right? Like if you increase the cost of cigarettes, people aren't like, oh man. And you might have like one or two that's like, yeah, it's not worth it. But you're not actively cutting out an entire population of smokers by increasing. They just keep paying and they they suffice elsewhere. <clears throat> you know, maybe it's smoking a pack a day. They smoke three quarters of a pack or two less cigarettes, you know? Like it's just, you know, you're not actually making big changes. But that's inevitably one where you're like, there are places throughout the world who are doing things right it's the same dna the same genetics that are coming out but yet somehow they're living to 100 plus disease free and what they're doing is what we're going to talk more about next you're listening to maximize your life with dr leanne we're online with life-changing results and success stories at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com this is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. What a beautiful day to be blessed for all things we have and maybe some things that we don't. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we're talking about health span, longevity, and more specifically, blue zones. Now, here's what's really interesting. If you've never heard of blue zones, blue zones are regions throughout the world where people live longer than average. I'm not sure that there's specifications on how to like become part of the blue zones. I'm sure there has to be. But it's clear that beyond genetics, economic circumstances and other factors play a role. So looking at the blue zones of the world, 
can give us a better idea of what the ideal conditions look like for longevity. Now you're wondering, why do they call them blue zones? I thought that was a very good question as well. <laughs> this is funny. The name blue zones are derived from uh, the original survey by scientists who used a blue pen on a map to mark the villages and the long-lived populations. <laughs> That's literally how they got the blue zones. Um, what's, so here's, there are um, a handful of cities. They are five blue zones around the world. They include Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Acaria, Greece, and Loma Linda, California are some of the places that live the longest and are the healthiest. Now, people in these areas will typically tend to live well into their 90s, and they have the highest rate of living to 100 or without other serious issues slowing them down. So here, it's, you know, you know how you're like, hi, you are who you surround yourself with or act as if like I don't really know what I'm doing and you're like cool act as if maybe you do <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> what does that look like so here's kind of the aspect when it's like there are people who are doing it really well there are so many times that people will just say oh it's part of my genes it's part of my genes and um, you know, my genetics this and my genetics that when in reality, it's just kind of an aspect where it's like, how do we, um, how do, because from a DNA standpoint, there has not been a lot of change from a genetic makeup standpoint, but how the body expresses health and genetic expression has a lot to do with kind of what our lifestyle is. So that's when we were like, hi, maybe we don't know, but we know that they all have some things in common. Most people are looking for longevity. I talked about it earlier, but I do feel like if you're just tuning in or if you did hear what I said, hearing it twice isn't necessarily a bad thing. And here's what it is. There is a difference between being alive and living life. Healthy longevity is an aspect that we are years of potential life loss and healthy longevity. They did a study a couple of years back and they looked, they looked at 37 different industrialized nations and in the United States we fell last or second to last in every single category. Infant mortality, years of potential life loss and healthy longevity. What does that mean? That means that in the United States, if you're living like the standard average American, when you're like, I'm, I'm blessed if I get three to 5,000 steps in a day, or I'm going to work every day and I hate my job, I'm overweight, I have two or three different disease processes, right? Like high cholesterol, high blood pressure, pre-diabetic, obesity, joint aches and pains, I'm popping Tylenol every day for all my, my joint aches, right? Like standard American, they found that um, so we have the worst of that years of potential life loss to say you are supposed to let's, I mean, let's talk about actual statistics in terms of years. According to the CDC, the average U S lifespan was 78.7. So 
statistics vary by sex, race, ethnicity, location. Overall, life expectancies for males is 76.2. Life expectancy for females is 82.1. Just kidding. Uh, 81.2. <laughs> so 70, So without the twos on there, 76 for men and 81 for females. Split the difference is about 78 and a half is the average life expectancy. So let's say for the sake of ease, I am talking to all the men out there. You're supposed to live till 76, statistically. Who knows? We get hit by a bus tomorrow. No one, but God really knows that. But here we are. And we say uh, 76 years old. We'll say at 70, you um, pass away. Have a heart attack. Die. That's six years of potential life lost. That, that number is greatest living here in the United States. What if you don't pass away from a heart attack? What if it is a neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, ALS? And you look at that and you say, well, they got that at 65 and you pass away at 70. That's five years of healthy longevity. That number is the largest living here in the United States. And so you're like, but one of one of that one city, one city in the United States, <laughs> Um, and it, and it does kind of depend on, on where you live in, ter- in the United States in terms of life expectancy rate, though that being said, you look at, um, some of the lower life expectancies when we're looking at Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, South, to South Carolina, West Virginia have the lowest life expectancy rates of about 74 to 76.9. But then you look at people who live in Hong Kong, Japan, Switzerland, Singapore, have some of the highest rates of life expectancy in the world at over 85%. So 86 to 88 in females. And this isn't one like in the office, we would often do living to 100 talks. Healthy at 100, live to 100. People would always say, I don't want to live to 100. And I could never understand that. And that was always before I had kids that I... I have three kids that I love and adore. And maybe one day I will have the opportunity to become a grandma. No, not anytime soon. My kids are little. Um, Right? But I was talking with a woman at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, the practice this past week. And she said, um, she was like, hey, I'm six days. I quit smoking. And I was like, how long have you smoked for? It was decades, 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 decades. And I said, great job. She's like, I'm very crabby. And I'm like, that's fair. But she also just had a grand new spanking, brand new baby, grandbaby. And I said, I just want you to know that every one less cigarette is one more day that you get to spend with your grandchild. That's one more memory you get to have that your grandson has with their grandma going to the park or, you know, you know, prepping dinner or whatever that looks like, what you are doing is restoring your health to give an opportunity of life. And that healthy, the health span of your life, not just your lifespan overall, like optimizing your longevity. And and so I just look at, okay, so what are some of the things that they're doing? And one of them, it's very interesting is that they don't really have the thought process of retiring if you will I see so many times that people ignore their health 
they work their way into the ground, they retire at, you know, whatever, 60, 63, 65. And then all of a sudden, they lose their health. Like, and you're like, so you worked that hard to then not enjoy any of that because you've lost your health. But you're like, but I, I didn't have time for my health. And you're like, you didn't make time for your health. Listen, I know it's hard and I feel like I'm especially in the thick of it now, right? Like my husband works nights. So that that's kind of crazy. Three kids back and forth with like activities and school and all of the things. Like it's easy to make excuses, but your excuses don't stop your health. Like it just because you're busy, like it doesn't, your blood pressure doesn't care if you're busy. Your diabetes doesn't care if you're busy. That heart attack waiting to happen doesn't care if you're busy. Like why do we keep ignoring our health? Because you know what happens when you lose your health? Again, I had uh, someone in the office recently who had a recent diagnosis of cancer and opted to go the conventional route. And so they quit their job and their 100% life is fighting that cancer. So they don't have a job. They don't, right? Their, their one goal is to stay alive. And it's like, why didn't we work on that? And you're like, oh, life is busy. And you're like, oh my goodness. So number one of the things is getting a lot of daily movement. That is one where, you know, and I think it's hard a lot of the times too when you have the, the desk job to, it's harder to kind of move around as much. But those are ones where it's like, well, what does that look like? Can you, if you have a half an hour lunch, can you do a quick lunch and more of a hearty dinner? Do that quick lunch as you walk or park at the end of the parking lot or get up earlier, right? It's one for me is that I will often do some just free weights in the garage. Is it like the best workout as opposed to if I went to the gym? No. But is it moving my body a little bit more than I would have had I not? Yes. Are there times that I literally just when I do go to the gym, I'll show up for my class and I'm like, oh man. Yeah, there's times I'm like committed, I'm doing it and it's working hard. And there's other times that I'm like, I, I moved my body today. <laughs> Was it like the best workout? No, but I honored and moved my body. And the cool part is too, is that I get to, when I do home workouts, even if that's just like walking, going for a family walk, like it instills in, in my family, like this is one of the things that we do. Health is not by chance it we're not lucky that we're healthy like my kids help crack eggs when we're making scrambled eggs and they've got one of those little like wooden choppers so they help me chop food up and that's how we avoid processed food that's another one on the list get a lot of movement but avoiding processed food and eating more nutrient dense now you say that sounds really easy but if you're just tuning in you're listening to maximize your life i'm dr leon schluter when we talk about blue zones and what they consume, I want to share with you some of the food secrets of the people who, the world's longest lived people. And here's what they say about some of these blue zone kitchens. I'm sure there's like cookbooks and stuff like this, but whatever. I just think this is, there's so many schools of thought when it comes to Nutrition, oh my goodness gracious, right? Where you're like plant-based and plant-based only, no meats, all the meats and never any, right? What is that? Um, they call it the carnivore diet. Like it's just meat. It's not keto. It's literally just meat. Or there's keto where it's like all fats or there's one where it's like Mediterranean diet. 
I honestly, people ask me all the time and I've gone through ebbs and flows and I've done most of the diets. I can't say that I've done strict carnivore diet, though I have had some friends that are close to me and colleagues that have, you know, and I think there's benefits of all of them. I think there's pitfalls of all of them. I look at more specifically what is sustainable long-term. I want fruits and vegetables in my diet. I want, like if a diet's like, you can't have a big salad, I'm like, oh, but I also, if it says you can have a giant salad, but you can't put any fats or really good healthy proteins on it, I'm like, Meh. and that's one where I'm like, find balance. And what's cool about this is that most of these people who are in the blue zones, they don't count calories. They're not weighing grams of protein. They're not reading labels. Most of them, the food don't have labels. They're not restricting certain food intake. But again, when you say they're not restricting food, they're also, what they're consuming is in Oreos and blizzard ice creams and cakes and ho-hos and like that's not purple yogurts with a character on it cereal like that's not the stuff that they're limiting (laughs) so they're celebrating and they're eating with food that creates health and it starts with food choices most of these people have access to locally sourced fruits and vegetables majority of them very important are largely pesticide free they're organically raised If they're not growing these in their own garden, they found places where they can purchase them um, and affordably, and it's more affordable than processed alternatives. And here's where you are likely thinking, must be nice. Must be nice to have something available to you. You have it available to you. We have it all around Indianapolis. We have it all around the cities. There are things called farmer's markets, right? And you're like, well, what does that look like? You can literally go on a search engine, search your city, and farmers markets nearby. There are winter markets right here in the Indianapolis area. There is the Indy winter market. You can go. Are there more produce available in the summer markets? Well, yeah, but you can go. It's something that I have made so fun for my kids is that if we don't have like a sport or something on a Saturday morning or after that sport, depending on, we will go to the farmer's market and we let them pick out their fruits and vegetables. Most of the time we'll grab an extra fruit and vegetable that they can eat at the park and play. And they like chomp away peppers and cucumbers and just like they chomp out of an apple, you know, so you do have it there, but you also have to learn. They have incorporated certain nutrition foods into their daily and weekly meals um and here's one to start they call it the plant slant 95 percent of your food comes from a plant or a plant product so um when you know and look at the standard food pyramid from the united states which still i think is uh, kind of trash um says five to seven servings of vegetables now everything else is quite a bit altered because they're like you also need like nine servings of toast and bread and carbs don't necessarily agree with that but like we're the average american is getting nowhere close to five to seven servings of vegetables get out of here fruits and vegetables so that aspect we're like they they are they're they're utilizing that researchers have found that people who consumed a quarter quarter pound of fruit daily about an apple we're 60% less likely to die during the next four months than people, four years, I'm sorry, than people who didn't. That's actually very, um, the best of the best longevity foods in the blue zone diet are leafy greens, such as spinach, kale, beet, turnip tops, chards, and collards. 
you know, but they have really good healthy. And these are ones that are not chemically sprayed. So when you're talking about the food that they're consuming, you're like ours here in the United States, full of pesticides and herbicides. That's one locally they don't typically use as many. But two, buying organic whenever you can. You're not eating a bunch. But the people who ate greens were half as likely to die in the next four years than those who ate no greens. So also one piece of lettuce on your burger doesn't count. (laughs) Now there's more tips and tricks and I want to be able to dive down deep into what they are next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Also know this, if you want to get plugged into our next event, we typically have the website creatinghealthyindy.com, I-N-D-Y, creatinghealthyindy.com to our next event. So if you're like, hey, I'm not in the office and I would love to know when your next event is. Awesome. Creatinghealthyindy.com, creatinghealthyindy.com. Let's do it. Awesome. So exciting. So we are breaking down and just talking more about the blue zones the blue zones are a zone that people live you know healthy longevity lifestyles and there has to be right like a a reason why this is happening you know and you always wonder I was looking at some of the Q&A's in terms of like blue zones and um like why there's so much emphasis on food because food's not the only thing. So let's kind of run down the, the list, right? Number one, some of the key blue zone principles for longevity is getting a lot of daily movement. That is one where <laughs> it could just be, this is awful. Um, you know, I, uh, this past weekend had the kids and it was just a day that we literally didn't leave the house. We didn't leave the house. Kind of crazy. Um, but you would think, well, if I'm not leaving the house, what am I just laying around? And the answer to that would be absolutely not friend. Um, that Sunday, which I did laundry and just straightened and played with the kids. I got 16,829 steps, 17,000 steps. And I did not leave my home. And you might think, wow, she's on the radio and she has a very large home. Friends, I don't, I do not have a very large home because I don't want a large home because then I have to clean that home. And it already takes me a lot to clean the home I have. And so why like that you it's movement. Was I working out? No, 
do I do things that actively make it so that my heart rate gets up? Yes. In that day, I got, what, 10 miles in my own home, my very small home. So, <laughs> right, this is one where you're like, okay, we can do this. So, um, right mindset, know your purpose. I think this is huge when people are like, I don't want to live to 100. And you're like, what's your purpose here? Right, like it's kind of deep. You're like, I'm just listening to the radio. But it is a real question. I think that's one where people have these like midlife crisis. And you're like, what is that? And you're like, what's your purpose? You know, like, I can tell you I know my purpose. Serving God's mission for me is part of what we do with Greenwood Family Chiropractic and Prime IV and, and actively working to restoring or keeping individuals' health. I know that's my purpose. I know that my purpose is to raise three God-fearing kids so that they become an active portion of society to help move the needle in what whatever regard that they choose to to go into and be a strong supportive wife through that right and all doing it through the honor of God that's our family and that's my purpose and those are ones that you know I think finding your purpose like when times are hard you know the bigger aspect is what's your purpose here reduce stress laugh more that one I think is harder. Reduce stress. Mm. Laugh more at people, at myself. <laughs> what does that look like? I don't really know. Maybe that'll be my uh, my to do for my blue zone goals. Prioritize family. You know, it is one that I have had to actively say no to some things recently that I would love to do, but it's to spend time with family, social life, healthy community. I feel like we all kind of saw this through COVID on how there needs to be a community surrounded by you. Avoiding processed foods, eating nutrient-dense foods, practicing time-restricted feeding. Time-restricted feeding would be intermittent fasting. It's one that, again, what is interesting, this is a blue zone theory, and we used to think that was crazy. I'll be the first one to tell you that when I opened up practice, I was like, you need to eat six meals a day. It's like, what happens? Well, when you starve yourself, your body goes into starvation and it doesn't utilize calories and then it holds on to all the fat. That's what I taught people and I taught it for a long time. And if I taught you that, I was just doing the best with what I knew. And I know differently and I know better now. And so not just from the blue zone principles, but from in fact overall that there is now in the last decade exponentially more research about intermittent fasting and the health benefits of that. And then prioritizing good sleep habits that what you know it's easier to live to 100 when you don't have a bunch of small kids waking up all the time <laughs> in the middle of the night but um again you got to go through it at some point so this is just the one like uh some of the things okinawa that they really do is a dedication to family and friends lifts okinawans women's to the longest female lifespans acaria napping occasional fasting and drinking goat milk may add years to the life sardinia italy Daily wine and laughter helps Sardinian men enjoy the longest male lifespan. Nicoya, Costa Rica, water naturally rich in trace minerals and electrolytes may prevent heart disease and bone weakness. And then Ladima Linda in California, reducing stress, healthy diet practices. Um, so you're looking at 
when you talk about water, this is when we're always like, drink more water, drink more water. These are places that they're not necessarily drinking tap water. You know, when you're looking at what these people drink are clean water. Um, they believe that you should be drinking seven glasses a day, which can keep your arteries flowing better, organs functioning higher. They've also found that herbal and green teas probably have a strong longevity claim. And most of those places do have a glass of two or red wine. I know there's a lot of new research about alcohol and what it does. And um, I think one capacity, how often you're doing it is one thing. But here's what's kind of cool. So they, they eat a lot of plants, but they eat protein. This is not just uh, they do a minimized amount of dairy. So they're not doing a ton of dairy, but they are doing fish, right? Three ounces of fish daily that you look at. Um, a lot of these places are near the water. Not all of them, though. Um, but that was an aspect, too. They still do consume meat. Though their meat is free-roaming animals. These are animals that are not dosed with hormones, pesticides, antibiotics. They don't come from feedlots. They eat goats that graze continually on grass and herbs. Um, in Sardinia, in Acarians, they eat pigs um, and they forage for wild acorns and roots. <laughs> you know, like um, they produce, and the reason why is because these meats produce a higher level of healthy omega 3s. And that's one when you look at omega 3 imbalance, EPA, DHA, those omega 3s are really important. So that looks like typically just a couple ounces, right? They're not doing these like 40 ounce steaks. Um, they really do meat and animal products about two days a week. Um, they do fish almost every day and they do eat eggs. I'll never forget. I watched a Netflix documentary that was like one egg is the equivalent to smoking um, a cigarette. And you're like, what? Because <laughs> of the saturated fat. And you're like, this is literally wild. And they're like, but no big deal. Orge Oreos are vegan, so you can eat all those up. And you're like, oh, that is something we will never, ever watch. Um, but the eggs are consumed uh, in all five Blue Zone diets, where people eat them on average two to four times per week. Uh, as a meat protein, the egg can be a side dish or it's eaten along a larger portion of uh, plant-based features or other whole grains. Um, in Costa Rica, they'll fry an egg and fold it into a corn tortilla with a side of beans. Okinawans boil eggs for their soup. Uh, people in the Mediterranean blue zones fry an egg with a side dish with bread, almonds, olives for breakfast. You know, you look at the standard American diet and you're like, what are you having? And they're like, Pop-Tarts, waffles, cereal. It's just, it just wild. I will say I was, um, I'm going to brag on my kids a little bit. Um, we were out and about and they were somewhere that had cereal. It was like a healthier cereal, but a healthier cereal is still a healthier version of junk food. And um, my oldest and this other uh, kid were the first ones up and asked for a bowl of cereal and they got it. And uh, my oldest took a bite and then kind of left it. And then my middle came down and he was like, I want a bowl of cereal. And my oldest was like, I don't really want it. So we handed that bowl of cereal over and he took a bite and he didn't want it. And then my youngest got up and of course she's going to want everything that the boys have. So then she, um, 
she took a bite and so the three of them I wasn't like you have to eat the rest of it I was just like here take a bite and none of them none of them liked it and so it was one where um when I got up they're like can we have some scrambled eggs and we scrambled up some eggs and they had a bunch of fruit for breakfast and my mom heartless and I'm not doing everything right and there's a lot of things that I'm not doing right and I'm just navigating through this like motherhood thing because like let's be honest no one really knows what we're doing um and if you think you have it your next kid is different or you had another phase or a season or all the things right totally got it and that being said I was like so proud that I'm like they chose like a good healthy breakfast and it wasn't like a test or like they were in trouble it was offered to all of them it was just one that that's what they prefer and I'm like yes like a little mom win these are also um they only eat sweets during celebrations their food has no added sugar. They're typically sweetening their tea with honey. Um, I, I had seen something about uh, one of the people, the people who've reached 100. I can never say that word. Centenarians. I never say it properly. But they said the average person eats, um, here we go. This is what 100-year-olds in the blue zone eat. Um, the average American eats about 1,100 meals per year. They talk about how if you make a thousand of those meals mindful and delicious and the other 100 meals are for celebration. You're like, what if we just looked at that? And that seems like a lot too. That's two, two celebration meals a week. <laughs> like, But then you're eating all of your other meals healthy. And that's one where most of the time for the standard American, we're doing two healthy meals and the rest of them are not well. So when you're looking at, why don't we act that it's like okay and here's the really cool part here's the really really cool part when you look at these the information about the blue zones and what these people are doing you're like how does that have anything to do with me dr leanne schluter maximize your life with greenwood family chiropractic and you're like we have five essentials in our office and that's what we teach number one is nervous system right kind of falls in there it's not saying getting adjusted but you definitely should number two is nutrition so avoiding processed foods eating nutrients dense foods practicing time restricted feeding that's nutrition and you're like oxygen and lean muscle getting a lot of daily movement um and then you look at minimizing toxins that's the nutrient dense that's um avoiding processed foods and then the last one's max mind and you're like mindset right knowing your purpose reducing stress laughing more having a social network a healthy community prioritizing family um good sleep habits is good for mindset anyways i'm not really sure what when that falls under but you know what i mean like it's one where you're like live the five essentials you want to look at people who are living to be 100 and they're loving their life and they're serving their purpose and they're surrounded by all of this greatness and the answer is it's people who are living the five essentials you don't have to move to Ladima Linda. You don't have to move to Okinawa to be able to do it. You have the opportunity to do it here in the knowledge and base. And that's what we give you at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. There has to be a point where you realize you have to put down the excuses. You can't keep putting off your health because there's a point where over that course of time, your health isn't going to be there. It is easier to stay well than it is to get well. 
and that aspect of why why do I take my kids to the dentist? None of them have been complaining about toothaches because it's what we do from a preventable aspect because I want their oral health to be well. Why do we get kids adjusted? Because we want their spinal health to be well. I just saw someone who is in their 40s who's end of phase three degeneration up to surgery. I have a family member who just had surgery, had her eight-week follow-up. She has seen zero improvement. Her neuropathy is still the same. Her pain is still the same. And the doctor said, well, uh, go to PT for as long as you feel like it's you're released from everything. PT for as long as you feel like would work for you. Um, and we hope within the next couple years, but it might never go away. The pain in the neuropathy might never go away. She did surgery for what? But there's been a scoliosis and she didn't know, right? But you do know. You're listening and you know and you have the ability to share it with your friends, families, and loved ones. GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. 317-893-2853 to schedule an appointment or check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now is the time to take action. Make that leap. You're not going to be any less off than you are if you do nothing. So I look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on. Your power is on.